Namaste, everyone. I'm Jenny G, and welcome to Soul to Soul Connections with Jenny G. I'm your host, Jenny G. Now, in order to catch these interviews, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I am on 16 other platforms as well, so you're going to be able to catch this one way or another. And make sure you let me know what you like about it, make some comments about it, and share the video. And you never know. My guest is extraordinary. You're going to see why. I could talk to him for hours and hours and hours. And I'm going to also be starting live shows as well in the new year. And let me know if you want to see my guest coming back. And I am about 99.9% .9 sure you're going to be like, absolutely. When is that happening? So you can follow me on social media. Look, I'm not going to go on about me. It's not about me. You will find me. So now on today's show, this is, I just, I just love his energy already. Like I said, I could talk to him forever. I'm going to be having a little chat with Carlos Vivas. And Carlos, after surviving cancer and a near-death experience, Carlos now dedicates his life to helping others. Born in Venezuela, he is a former personal care assistant who enjoys visiting hospitals, nursing homes, and hospices to pray with those who are sick or suffering. After losing his mother to breast cancer, he helps other families affected by the same disease. He is passionate about suicide prevention, feeding the homeless, and helping the U.S. Marine Corps through their Toys for Tots program. Carlos competes in obstacle races and loves exploring nature, especially visiting waterfalls, climbing mountains, and swimming in the ocean. He also spends time with friends at music festivals, camping, or sitting around a bonfire. Now, Carlos, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. It's going to be so much fun. Well, thank you, Jenny, for inviting me to your program. very excited because I can feel your heart opening right now. I can feel the love in the screen. I can feel the energy around. So, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm really glad to be here with you. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I'm just so excited because I know everybody's just going to love you, like absolutely you. love you. So I'm going to ask Carlos some questions, you guys, and you're going to understand why I'm interviewing him. So now Carlos had wrote a book about a real life experience he had back in 2015 that changed his life. So Carlos, what made you write this book? Well, it, the first thing that made me write this book was God. God was behind me for five years, and I was running away. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And you, nope, 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 nope. Because I have enough with my life, with everything that I'm handling right now. 
And but what I hear on my head that was God talking to me is like, well, you need to write a book. It's like I don't know how to write a book. Like no, I don't know. And after my near death experience. I start, people start looking for me like, hey, could you come to this church? Hey, could you come to this spiritual retreat to tell your story? Hey, you come to this seminar to tell your story? So I start going to a lot of places to tell my testimony. And then people, after I finish uh, my testimony in churches, people start asking me, do you have a book? I said like, no. <laughs> Why you don't write a book? It's because I don't know how to write a book. <laughs> you know, I don't have time. I have to work a lot. And then... Um, I started sharing my story in hospitals and in hospices. And when I started seeing people that they were about to die and I just tell my story and they said, now I can die in peace. Thank you so much for this story. I've been waiting for this my whole life. I understood at that moment that this story can change lives, you know, and more now that the whole world is changing so fast. That's when people need help from heaven. That's the name of my book. <laughs> And I love yeah, and in one of the the persons that made me write this book, look, I went to to Panama City Beach one time, and uh, the owner of this hotel, uh, she was I didn't know it was the owner, so mm -hmm. she I started talking to her, and then she asked me, "You have been coming to this hotel before?" I said, "Yeah, but I have an accident here on the beach years ago, and I didn't want to come back here, but something is telling me to come back here." Well. I said, yeah, what happened? So, well, it's a long story. You tell me the story. It's like, no, I don't have too much time. Come on. So I told my story. And as soon as I tell the story to this person, start shaking and start having a seizure. I have to call 911. And then she started crying. It's like, Carlos, you don't know for how long I was waiting for somebody to tell me something that you're telling me right now. This is a confirmation for my life. Please share your story. Don't die with that music in your heart shared it with the whole world and i knew but i back there like that's it i have to do this i don't know how i'm gonna do it but i have to do it and that's what was one of the bigger biggest motivators for me to find the publisher and do the book yeah yeah because because you had a near-death experience so yes. after after your experience like, mm -hmm. did you start questioning why, like, why me? Why did I have my near-death experience? Well, after I had my near-death experience, I didn't know what a near-death experience was, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, because I never heard that before, that terminology. And I started asking to myself, well, who am I going to ask what happened to me when all this happened to me? So my first instance was, I'm going to church, I'm going to speak with priests to to see if they, they can tell me what happened. So I started going to churches. I went to like four different churches to ask what happened to me. If this happened to somebody else when you have an accident. And they didn't want to say anything to me. It's like, no, we don't talk about that and blah, blah, blah. So right there, I felt something was funny. I said, like, hmm, this is something behind this. I'm just going to go home and I'm going to Google my experience, maybe somebody in the other side of the world have the same experience or maybe somebody have heard something what happened to me. And when I Google uh, that I have an accident and if people go to the other side and come back, I found out that near-death experience is a huge community. I don't know if you know, but one in every 10 Americans have a near-death experience. Yeah, oh, I believe it. Most, I've had <laughs> 
mostly when they go to surgery and they put anesthesia and the anesthesia go over, they have an out-of-body experience and then they have a near-death experience. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's what happened to me. <laughs> so what, like, what happened to you, like, in in your like your near death experience? How you want me how to tell did you that a story? come around? Yeah, yes, of course. Okay, you ready? You know, Get your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my story started um, in 2015. 2015, one morning, I wake up in my house. I go to the living room. It was it was a sunny day, beautiful. I go to the sofa, I grab the control remote, I turn the TV on, and I start watching the news. And on the news was this story about this guy that went to school with a rifle and started killing kids. And I get really mad right there. Mm. I grab my control remote and I turn off the TV and I say, really, God? Are you, like, why this is happening? Like, you know what? This is it for me. If you don't come right now and tell me, why is this crazy guy go to a school to get the life of these innocent kids. I don't want to believe in you anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I need an explanation right now and tell me what is too much injustice in this world. What is wars? What is people die with cancer? I mean, it's a lot of stuff that I don't understand why happened. What happened to good people, you know? And in that moment, my phone rings. Because one of my best friends, Jorge, he called me and said, Hey, Carlos, what are you doing next week? I said, like, Nothing. Why? Well, it's Memorial Day, and um, my family is coming from out of town. Uh, do you want to come with us uh, to Panama City Beach? I said, sure, let's go. So we travel to Florida from Atlanta. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. So I travel to Florida. It's like five hours, five to six hours. And when we get there, we go into the first beach, and it was packed with people because it was a holiday. I said, okay, let's go to another. So we go to another beach, and it was packed too. And I said, you know what? Let's go to the last one that I know that is big, big. And when we arrived, it was super packed too. And I said, you know what, guys? I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the parking lots are full. And I said, what should we do? I said, oh, you know what? There is an island that is in the middle of the ocean. And you can, you have to go to a marina, get a boat, and you pay $20. And they take you to this island. It's called Shell Island in Florida. I said, okay, let's go there. I don't think too many people wants to pay $20 for each member of their family, you know, to spend money in that island. So let's go there. So I told him, like, let's go to the marina that I know. So we arrived in the marina that I always go to the island, and the marina was closed for renovation. I was like, this is weird because it's Memorial Day. But anyways, let's look for another marina. So I went to a second marina, closed. I go to a third marina, closed. I was like, this is weird. So I said, okay, guys, let me go to my phone and, and look uh, for another marina. I don't know any other marina. So I said, okay, Google. I grabbed my phone. I said, okay, Google. Get, uh, give me directions for another marina that is not this one. And then Google said, you don't have permission to navigate on, in on internet. And I was like, what? So then I grabbed my other phone. That was my work phone. It was uh, Apple. And it, I said, okay, Siri, take me to another marina. And Siri said, you don't have permission to navigate on the internet. I was like, what? So I showed my guys, hey, guys, look, these are my two phones, two different carriers, and I don't have, they, they say the same thing. I don't know what, this phone go crazy. So is any one of you can look on your phone? So one of my friends, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a party called San Andreas State Park. Let's go there. Okay, so we went to San Andreas State Park. I've never been there. So we pay at the entrance $8. We get in. Then we park, then we go to an information office, get the ticket for $20. 
Then from then we get a, a shuttle bus that take us to a marina. Then from the marina, we get the boat and we went to the island. It was a sunny day. It was beautiful. So when we arrived to the island, to the to the bay side of the island, it was packed too with people. And I was like, oh my God, guys, like, I don't know what to tell you now, you know? But then I said, you know what? Let's go to the back side of the island because this bay side is, is where all the families are with the kids. But if you go to the back side, it's open ocean. I don't think people want to go to the open ocean. So I said, okay, let's go. So we start walking around the island. It's like a circle. And when I'm half away, half of the island, there is a guy that was on the sand playing with his, his kids. And he tell me, because I was walking first and my friends were behind me. I said, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Where do you think you're going? And I said, I'm going to the other side. I said, like, why? Don't you see that all the families are here? I said, yeah, I know, sir, but it's packed. You see, we want a little bit more peace. We want to hear the, the wave and we enjoy the nature, you know? I said, well, but it's dangerous. Well, you, you better be careful there, okay? I said, yeah, yeah, sir, don't worry. So we completely go around the island, go to the backside. And when we get to the backside, there was nobody there. So I tell my friend, okay, I have a canopy. Let's open this and start our party here. So I open the canopy and the, the winds are blowing really hard. And the canopy opened like a parachute. And for 45 minutes, we're fighting with this canopy, trying to put it down. And after one of my friends said, you know what, Carlos, let's put some rocks in every corner. So it was a pile of rocks on the side where we were. And we grabbed rocks and put it in every corner. And then the canopy was standing still there. And then we say, okay, let's open the chairs, put some music, get some food, some drinks, and have an amazing day. So we have an amazing day from 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. Around 4 p.m., my friend said, okay, Carlos, uh, we want to walk around the island. It's this whole circle. And I said, okay, guys, you, you have an hour because you have to go back here by 5. Because at 5.30, the last boat is going to leave the island. And it's not going to come back until tomorrow. And this island doesn't have bathrooms, it doesn't have ponds, nothing. It's just a piece of land in the middle of the ocean. So I don't want to sleep here tonight. So just go, but come back. I say, okay. So they left. I was by myself taking care of everything. Ten minutes later, it started getting very hot. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm just going to jump and I'm going to swim a little bit. So I jumped into the water. I'm not afraid to swim. Why? Because when I was a child, my mom put me on swimming classes. I wasn't a teen. I used to compete when I was a child. And I said, okay. So I started swimming. Everything was fine. And out of the sudden, a whirlpool under the water starts sucking me in. If anybody who's watching this program have watched the movie Finding Nemo from Disney, you see that uh, there is a current that grab all the fishes and throw it far, far away. That is called Australian current. And that same current grabbed me. It was like a tunnel under the water and throw me far, far away. So far away that when I put my head out of the water, the island was like this small. I was like, what? How in the world I'm here? Like half a mile away from the island. And I said to myself, okay, I don't, I'm going to panic. I'm just going to swim. I'm going to swim back. So I started swimming back, swimming back, swimming back. And guess what? Every time that I put my head out of the water, I was farther and farther. And I said, like, how this is going to be? Like, what's going on? So I start swimming faster and faster. And then I'm farther and farther. It's because the ocean is still taking me. On a riptide, you cannot be in the center. You have to swim one side or the other side, but you cannot be in the center. So the, the ocean is still sucking me in. 
So after 20, 30 minutes fighting and fighting and fighting, and you don't supposed to fight with a riptide, but I didn't know. I was just scared. I knew that my time, that was it for me. How I knew that? Because I started having cramps on my arms, on my legs, and I, I started getting very, very exhausted. And I said to myself, you know what, God? I never thought that today is going to be my last day. You got me. But uh, if you want to take me, I just want to tell you this before you, you take me back to heaven. I just want to say thank you. Mm. I want to say thank you for my mom, my dad. Thank you for my brothers. Thank you for my sisters. Thank you for all my friends. Thank you for everything you gave me here on earth. And I'm sorry if I did something wrong. And as soon as I said that, behind me, in the middle of the ocean, I heard this voice. And this voice said, ask for help. And I look, everyone's like, what? And I just hear the water and the wind. I was like, oh, this is my imagination. And then trying to swim again. And then I heard, ask for help. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, don't you see that I'm drowning? Where are you at? Could you help me, please? Nothing. I heard the wind and the water. And then for the third time, I heard, I told you to ask for help. And I was like, oh my God, don't you see that it's impossible for me to go there? Don't you see how the water is bringing me back? There is no way that I'm going to survive. And the voice asked for help. I was like, oh my God, okay, okay. So I started waving my hands, help, help, help. And then at the end of the island, one of my friends, Enrique, he came out of the group of friends because he said something is wrong. So he came out of the group and he went back to the tent and he didn't saw me there. He went to the beach. He didn't saw me on the beach. And then he saw a, a hill. So he went to the top of the hill. And then from the hill, he saw me. He said, like, Carlos, Carlos, he's here. He's Enrique. Hey, I'm going to call 911. Hold on, hold on. Wait right there. I'll be back. So he went. But instead of calling 911, he called people that was boarding the boats going back to Panama City. And then a lot of people came. And from the top of the hill was a lot of rocks. Six guys jumped from the rocks. And everybody was swimming my way. And I was like, oh, my God. Thank you, God. They're going to rescue me. They're going to save me. Oh, my God. This is amazing. And then 10 minutes later, everybody started turning around. I was like, what? Where are you guys going? Like, you don't want to save me? Like, what? And then I hear a thunder behind me. Broom. And then I look back and I see a lightning on the water. I was like, what? So a big thunderstorm was coming. And that's what everybody was turning around. It's like, nobody wants to die there, you know? And in that moment, I said, you know what, God? I don't want to fight anymore. If I'm here, it's for a reason. I'm just going to surrender. And when I say this, I tell people, how many times in your life you are fighting with your husband, with your wife, with your kids, with your school, with your job, with your boss, anything in life, with a cancer, with a divorce, with a separation. And the only thing, you fight and fight and fight and fight, and then there is a point that you cannot do anything else. And this is when I tell people, you need to surrender and let God take over. Yeah. Because there is a reason that this is happening in your life. You need to learn something. And I knew at that moment that God have to take over my life because I, I did everything I could and I couldn't do anything, you know? So in that moment, when I said, God, I surrender, just do whatever you have to do. A huge wave came and crushed me all the way into under the ocean. Mm -hmm. So when I'm under the ocean, I open my eyes and I see far, far away, black shadow that's coming my way 
And I was like, oh, my God, shark. So I covered my face, and I was waiting for the body. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then this thing come under me, grabbed me by my stomach, and pushed me all the way up. And when I get it and get some air, I looked down, and I couldn't believe what it was. It was a huge, great dolphin. And I was like, what, a dolphin? So I grabbed the dolphin by the fin, by the tail, and I started crying. Like, I cannot believe this is happening. So I'm I'm just hanging with the dolphin for over 10 minutes, and I'm just crying. Look, he's fake. He didn't move. He was just floating there for me, but he didn't want to go nowhere. 10 minutes later passed, and a feature boat show up in front of me. And he says, son, I can't save you, but I cannot get close to you because the wave from the thunderstorm, they're very big, and I'm going to hit you with my boat. So I'm going to throw you a rope. So he threw me a rope, and I grabbed the rope, and I started going to the boat. So when I get to the boat, I grabbed some air like, <gasps> because I was super tired. And then the guy said, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You need to get in right now. We're losing time. I said, like, sir, what are you saying? I said, like, well, I'm saying that my boat is sinking. I said, your boat is sinking? How? I said, I have a pump, and the pump is stopped, and all the waves, they're getting inside of my boat. So you need to hurry up, go to the back, and you're going to see some steps into the water and jump in, get in. I said, okay. So I go to the back. I see the steps, and I jump in. As soon as I jump in, I see the whole floor of the boat was floated like this with water. And I said, like, sir, do you have a bucket? I help you to get the water out. I said, like, no, 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 no. We don't have time for that. Sit down next to me. So I sit down next to him. He put a towel over me. And then he started going around the island with the boat. And then he started asking me, like, okay, are you okay? I said, yes, sir, I'm okay. What happened? I said, well, a big whirlpool under the water came and threw me all the way here. I, I didn't know what, what is that. It never happened. It never happened to me. I said, okay, you're fine. Uh, where's your family and friends? Well, they're they're supposed to be there, sir. Okay, let me ask you another question. Where are you from? I said, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. And we're in Florida, right? And then he said, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, too. What part of Atlanta? I said, I'm, I'm from Duluth. And he said, I'm from Norcross. Duluth and Norcross and in front of each other. So we're like neighbors. I was like, what? We're neighbors. That This is crazy. And mm -hmm. then when I said that, the guy's like, oh, my God, look behind you. Look behind you. So he said, what are you talking about? When I look behind me. The dolphin was jumping, following the boat all around the island. So right. when we get to the base side of the island, the guy said, okay, son, I have to leave you here because I need to fix my boat. But if you want to see me again, every Memorial Day, I'm going to come to this island so you can see me and see my boat. I said, okay, sir, God bless you. Thank you for saving my life. And I jump off the boat and I start walking to the shore. When I, he leave, I start walking to the shore. There was nobody in the shore because everybody went to the other side to rescue me. So when I was walking, something hit my leg. And when I looked back, the dolphin was behind me. And I was like, what is dolphin? What, what does this mean? I mean, I don't know what to do. But I continued walking to the shore and just crying like, what is this? What does this mean? You know? And when I get to the shore, I go on my knees on the sand and I say, okay, God, I'm going to make a promise right here. I just want to let you know that if you save me with this dolphin right here, it's because you have a purpose for my life. Yeah. I don't know what you want from me, but I'm going to tell you something. From today, Carlos died into the ocean. The person who's coming out of the water is going to be you. From today, I want you to take over my life. I give you my life. I give you my soul. And whatever you have to do, do it through me. I just want to be a vessel so you can go through me and do whatever you have to do. And in that moment, it started raining, it started thundering and lightning. So I took that as a yes, for God. After this happened, the police arrived. 
Everybody of my friends arrived from the other side of the island. Everybody started hugging me. Well, the police take me back to the island. And then they take me to an administration office and they ask me what happens. Like, what happened? Like, it's Memorial Day, you guys, and you don't have a sign that he said, what is a riptide? I didn't know what a riptide was, you know? If I see the sign, I, you know, I take care of myself. Just before I jump into the water, you didn't have the red flag that said that the ocean is dangerous and you don't have any uh, lifeguards on the beach, you know? And it wasn't just me. Six guys jumped to save me. What about if they get drowned too, you know? Nothing bad have to happen for you start doing something, you know? So they apologize and they say, yeah, we're going to do something. Don't worry about it. And after that, my friends asked me, okay, what do you want to do, Carlos, now? I said, I want to go to church because this was a miracle, you know? Uh, let's go to a church close to this part. So we drove, and the first show that we saw was a Catholic church. I called it Fatima because they have Virgin Fatima there. And when we get to the church, the church was closed. But I said, don't worry, because outside was a chapel. And the chapel was like a cave. And inside of the cave was Virgin uh, Fatima. And uh, three kids' statues at the entrance of the of the cave. So we did a big circle, my friends and people that came from the beach. And everybody hugged each other. And we prayed for like 30 minutes. And giving thanks to God. And after we finished... My friends, like, Carlos, what do you want to do now? I said, like, well, I just want to go back to the hotel, get something to eat, take a shower, and go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> go back to the hotel. I get something to eat, get to a shower, and I go back to I go to sleep. So as soon as I put my head on the pillow, I have an epiphany. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what epiphany was. It was like a vision, and oh. I thought it was a dream. So what happened here was I opened my eyes, and I was on the third floor of a cruise in the middle of the ocean, and a Caribbean cruise. So I'm grabbing the handrails, the wooden handrails, and I look in front of me. It's blue skies, no clouds, blue ocean. It was beautiful and peaceful and very sunny day. But then out of the sudden, at the end of the ocean, a tsunami started rising my way. I was like, oh, my God, tsunami. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. So I covered my face. Like, no, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And in that moment, I passed like 5, 10, 20 minutes. I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? What's going on? Nothing is going to happen. And then somebody come behind me. It's like, hey, hey, look at me. I was like, what? No, no, no. We're about to die. I said, look at me. You're never going to die with me. I said, who are you? I said, look at me. And I take my hands out of my face and I look back. And it was this guy taller than me, like 6'5", 6'4", 6'5", with a white rope. And I couldn't see his face because light was coming from his face. And I was like, who are you? And he said, like, in my heart, I heard Jesus. You know, I knew what Jesus. And he said, close your eyes, please. So I closed my eyes. He hugged me from behind. And then... Ten seconds later, he said, open your eyes, please. So I opened my eyes. And when I looked in front of me, I was in heaven. And I was like, what? This mean that I die? I was like, no, no, no. Jesus, please take me back right now. I have a lot to do. Please, please, please take me back. I said, like, Carlos, you're fine. You're not dead right now. You're in the middle. You make a promise to me. And you need to fulfill your promise. Welcome to heaven. From today, you're part of me. I'm part of all of them. And when he said all of them, Millions of people show up in front of me. And everybody was uh, using like white robes 
and they were glowing. I said, well, from today, you start walking with me and walking with all of them. I said, like, wow. I was like, he said, do you have any questions? I said, yes, I have a question. <laughs> what is it? I said, like, well, where all these people come from? I said, they, they're coming from all over the world, Carlos. Okay, do you have another question? I said, yes. What is the true religion? I've been looking for my whole life. What is the real religion? You know, there, there's so many religions, hundreds of religions that I don't know. What is the true religion? And he said, well, let me tell you. When you come to heaven, you don't want to find religions in heaven. When you come to heaven, the only thing that you're going to find here is the love of God. The love of God is the only powerful force that moves the universe. Love is the most powerful force of the universe. And love will put back humanity in one again. And I was like, whoa, okay. So then after this, he said, okay. He puts his arms over me and said, like, let's walk in heaven. Let me give you a life review. So when he said a life review, I didn't know what he was talking about. So he grabbed his hands and he do like this. And like a Macintosh computer, a lot of images, like screens start floating in front of me. And I start passing my whole life since I was a baby until right now. And what I was seeing here, it was every decision that I took that affect another people, another persons, like every... Every act that I did that it wasn't good, it was wrong. I was putting on the soul of this person and I was looking from the perspective of the other person to feel the pain of my actions, what I caused to other people. So in that matter, I knew that every decision that I took, how I affect another people. So Jesus wasn't judging me. I wasn't mm. judging myself for what was happening in that moment. So after I saw all that, I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I did all that, you know. And then Jesus said, okay, Carlos, it's time for you to go back. And I want you to go and tell everybody uh, what I'm going to tell you. So he told me some stuff and said, okay, go back and tell them. So next morning I wake up and I was like, wow, this was, whoa, crazy. So I tell my friend, I have a, like a dream. I don't know what it was. And it was with Jesus. And I'm like, oh, you really, Carlos? I said, yeah. So we go back to Atlanta on Monday. I go back to my office and I've been working in my office for 20 years. And um, I work with three managers. I said, guys, guess what happened this week? And I went to the beach and I was drowning in the middle of the ocean because a riptide grabbed me. And then this dolphin came and saved me. And they were like, you're right. I said, you guys don't believe me. It's okay. And then behind me, I heard somebody say, I believe you. And I look back and like, who? It was my boss. I said, I believe you. I said, why do you believe me? And they don't believe me. And my boss said, because I'm a Christian. They're atheists. Mm -hmm. And I want you to go on your computer and see it by yourself. I want you to Google how many people die every year in Florida by riptide currents. Wow. So when I type that, not just in Florida, in the United States, more than 100 people die every year by riptides. Yeah. It's like the silence killer. You know, because people are swimming and you all out of yep. the sun. This thing grabs you and you disappear. Yep. And then he said, you just saw that, right? Now I want you to Google how many how many dolphins have saved life through human history. It's like, what? I never heard that. Google it. So then I Google it. I mean, for ages, for hundreds and hundreds of years, dolphins have been saving sail sailors and 
people that drown on, on the ocean. I didn't know that. I never heard that. And then he said, last one, I want you to Google how many, I mean, what is the meaning of the dolphin for Christians? I said, what? So I Googled that and Google said, dolphins represent Jesus. Dolphins represent the hope for eternal life. I was like, this is crazy. Like I never will imagine that, you know? And it's like, yeah, Carlos. So what happened to you was a miracle. And that dolphin saved your life. I was like, wow. Well, after that happened, you know, um, I was like, why did this happen to me? So I called one of my best friends, Alex, and I say, Alex, this happened to me over the weekend. Could you believe this? And then Alex said, Carlos, you need to go to church and you need to tell your story to people. There's a testimony. And I was like, no, you kidding me? I, I, I never going to say this story to nobody. Who's going to believe me? And no, 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 no. Do you know how many haters are out there? Do you know <laughs> how many fanatics are going to there, be there fighting with me? No, 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 no. I don't have to tell this story to nobody. And he's like, Carlos, this is very important. You need to go and tell people. And I said, well, when, when do you want me to go? On Sunday. I said, okay. He lived an hour away from my house. So on Sunday, I went to his house. And then he said, okay, what church do you want to go? And I said, I don't know. Whatever church come first. I said, okay, let's Google the first church. So we Googled the first church by his house. It's called St. Michael the Archangel. So we drove there, and when we get to the church, it was a lot of people outside in the parking lot. People were celebrating something. I don't know what they were doing. There was balloons everywhere, music, and a lady next to my car, I asked her, like, excuse me, ma'am, what's going on here today? And she said, well, today we're celebrating. There used to be a little church, but today we're opening this big cathedral. So you guys came on time to see the celebration of the opening of the cathedral. I said, okay, cool. So we see the whole celebration, and at the end, I said, to my friend, I'm going to tell the priest, like, if I can tell my story. So I go there and tell him, say, yeah, yeah, I just went till the end and I called you so you can come to the podium, to the stage and tell your story, your testimony. I said, okay. So at the end, he called me, I go to the podium to tell my testimony. And uh, I start talking for the first time. I was afraid, I was scared because I've never been in front of so many people, you know. I'm telling my story. And uh, when I'm in the middle of the story, this little girl, 17-year-old girl, stand up in the middle of the church and raise her hands. Excuse me. Excuse me. I said, yes. I want to ask you a question. Sure. Uh, how Jesus was with you? I said, he was behind me. Um, what he was dressing? A white robe. What he was doing? I said, he was hugging me from behind. Why? And she said, this is a coincidence, but watch what I have on me today. I said, what are you talking about? So she had black long hair. So she grabbed the hair, put it in front of her and she turned around. When she turned around in the back of church, she had an image of Jesus hugging a guy. Wow. Um, yeah. It's a picture. It's a picture done by a famous painter here in the United States. His name is Thomas Bletcher. I don't know if you can see it because I have a screensaver here, but it's, let me see. Uh, could you see a little bit? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. She's grabbing yeah. the guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So I see that, and everybody says, oh, my God, you guys planned this. I was like, no, this is the first time that I come to this show. I don't know this girl. I never see that picture. So, no. So I finished my testimony. Thank you, everybody. And from there, I go home. So when I get home, and I Google Jesus hugging a guy to see where, where is this painting come from. 
and it come from Thomas Blackchair. And guess what? It come with the story. In the year 1992, when Thomas did this painting, he said that he was fasting. You know what is fasting? Not eating and just drinking water and praying. And he started praying to God and asking, God, let me, I want to make the image of Jesus, but I want to be a clear channel to do my best. You know, I'm going to fast for weeks until this painting comes. So after two weeks, he started doing the painting. When he he was half of the way of the painting, he said the Holy Spirit showed up and said, Thomas, it's a beautiful painting, but now you need to write a book and tell people uh, what is the meaning of this painting. So I said, like, what do you mean? Everything that you're painting, people need to know what it is. What is the meaning? So he wrote a book, and the name of his book is called Forgiveness. Mm. And that's how my story get to the end there. Wow. So when I was in heaven, and Jesus said, Carlos, it's time for you to go back. But before you go back, you need to give this message to humanity because they're going to need this. I said, what are you talking about? I said, well... More than 98% of people all over the world have childhood trauma and they need to forgive. I said, forgive who? I said, they need to forgive three people. Number one, they need to forgive their parents. Why? It doesn't matter if they abandoned you, if they abused you, if they didn't like you, they hit you. Whatever they did to you, they did their best to give you the best you have today. They didn't have a manual to raise you, okay? Maybe they didn't have money and they didn't have anything they need to raise a child. And they were scared too, you know? Number two, you need to forgive your inner child because whatever happened to you in your childhood is not your fault. You was afraid. You was scared. You was afraid that nobody's believed what happened to you. So it's time for you to grab that child that is still alive in front of inside of you and you've been buried that child because you don't want to remember those moments in your childhood and say you know what you come with me you're safe from this moment everything's going to be fine yeah and number three you need to forgive all the people that came to your life to harm you why when you forgive your parents your inner child and the people that came to your life to harm you you're not forgiving them you're forgiving yourself in this moment, you open your heart and yeah. you throw away all the hate, all the resentment, and all the poison that have been eating you for years. And if you don't release that, guess what? It's going to become cancer. Resentment, for me, I think is cancer because I've seen so many people that they don't release that. So it's not just cancer. It's more sicknesses, you know? So when you release that, you're free. It's like you have a balloon with a string and you cut the string and let the balloon go. You're, you're free. Yeah. And from that moment is when Jesus told me, from that moment is when you start living your purpose. And what's your purpose? Very easy. Your purpose is the only thing that you do better than anybody else. And okay. you love and enjoy to do. That's, that's your purpose. <laughs> that's and right. guess what? It, that's right, right? And then if you don't want that, the second and most important purpose for humanity is called service. Why service? Because when you die, you don't want to take your house. You don't want to get your titles. You don't want to get your car, your Bitcoin, your money, nothing. The only thing that you're going to take with you, guess what? It's going to be how many people you love 
how many people you give shelter, how many people you give food, how many life you change on this life. What was the blueprint that you left on this earth for others to follow? Look, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, Princess Diana, what they did was service, and their service continued until today. Now, my final question for you is, all the people that is listening to this interview right now, what are you doing today to leave a blueprint and a legacy of love on this world. So yeah. one day when we get called to go to heaven and they ask you, it was worth it for you to go to earth? I say, yes. Let me show you how many people I help, how many life I change, and how proud I am of myself. And you can start anytime, okay? It doesn't matter if your life has been horrible all your life, if you're 60, 70, 80 years old. As long as in your heart you repent for what you did and said, you know what, from today I'm 80 or 90 years old, but I'm going to start helping people. I'm going to start doing service. That's the most important thing. When your heart changes for good, God is going to know and humanity is going to know that you are giving your gift away. And that's my story. You like it? Uh, see, now isn't that amazing? Like, is that that's extraordinary. And I mean, I, I know that you go around to the hospices and the the hospitals and, you know, and, and spending time and, and, and sharing your story, you know, because I, I worked on and off for years on call it a hospice, hospice myself. And and even as we were talking before, I mean, it it's some people are really, really, of course, scared to pass on. And I understand that. And just giving their family their families, you know, their friends, or especially the person who's passing, that comfort, knowing that everything's going to be okay. You know, and I actually experienced, um, I took photos, sometimes I would have a feather, I'd, I'd catch a feather on the hospice. So I take a photo of it. And I mean, that's the only thing I'd post, of course. And it's, it's like holding that feather and then it just disappears, you know. And I've, I've told people like, your angels are by you; they're 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 with you during that time. And I mean, if if you were somebody said, Carlos, you know, you have a day left on Earth, would you be scared mm -hmm. to 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 pass away? Would you be scared to go to heaven? Right now, no. After yeah. this experience, and you can ask to any person yeah. that experience a near death experience. Yeah. You completely, okay, this is what happened when you come back from a near-death experience. And people say, oh, that wasn't a near-death experience. called near-death. I didn't die. I come back. I was right there. It's near-death. There are like, several hey. kinds of near-death experiences. Yeah. Like out-of-body experience or close to death. But well, guess what? Something changed in that moment. It's like you reborn again. You're a new person. Because from that moment, you start looking life differently. And what do you look differently? That before, maybe me or maybe the people that is watching this program, you used to, we as humans, we take for granted too much. Like our families, like we don't visit our families or we get mad with one member of the family and we don't speak with them for years. And we're just wasting our time, you know? Yeah. 
instead of just talking and come back to talk and I don't know, after I come back from my near death experience, I I everything was love for me, you know. It's like, oh my God, I've been wasting my time just working, 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 working. And that's not life about. Life about is to share your time with friends. I mean, you can buy all the money you want, you can get all the money you want, but you cannot buy time. Okay. And that's the most important. I just saw a documentary about this rich guy from since from China. I don't know if Alibaba, I don't know what the the company that he had. And he said the only thing that he'd regret is that all his life he was making his fortune. And right now he's very old and he didn't enjoy his family the way that he's supposed to enjoy his family. Yeah. You know? And I, I believe when, when I come back from my near death, I didn't watch TV anymore. I didn't want to watch the news. I didn't want to watch anything bad. I want to reconnect with nature because in my experience, reconnecting with nature, going to oceans, going to the mountains, going to the forest, going to the jungle, just walk every day, breathe, listen to the morning birds, you know, walking and feel the breeze in your face, going to the ocean and splash water in front of you and just feel and use all your senses to feel Mm -hmm. that you are alive. Not like you're working every day and you are like a robot doing an every day, the same thing, the same thing. We came here to give or give away, to give our purpose away, to learn lessons and to help others. And we all going to help each other, you know. I think Earth is a big school and that's why we came here to learn. And that's what I learned from my near-death experience. Just give more love to people. Um, on weekends, I help um, feed the homeless in, in downtown yeah. Atlanta. I, I work with an organization that is a worldwide organization. It's called Food for Life. It's all over the world. And just that connection, like we we go to a kitchen at 9.30 in the morning and we cook food from 9.30 to 11. And people from everywhere come. It's an open kitchen. It's a commercial building. So people come because we have uh, uh, Facebook groups and people just come out of the blue. And all ages, from the richest guy to the poorest guy, and everybody wants to help. Everybody wants to feel what is service, you know? And then when we grab the food and go to the shelters to give the food to the homeless, you know, this is people that's been away from society or society forgot that they are there. Yeah. So in our group, we if they want to talk with one of those, we talk to them. And you won't believe the stories. Like some pe- of these people are doctors. Some of these people are lawyers. Some mm-hmm. of these people are very intelligent people. But something really bad happened in their life and they lost everything. Mm-hmm. And they when they lost everything, they just went to the streets. You know? But uh, I think if imagine how many people, if people were giving service every weekend and helping the people on the streets, mm-hmm. how this world, how different this world would be, you know, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's exactly because I mean, like, I mean, I've had a few near death experiences myself and, and, you know, just one of them, when mm-hmm. I was, I was in Hawaii and, um, I was floating on an air mattress and I just wanted to be left alone. 
You know, I went to Hawaii by my, I traveled by myself. Yeah. Definitely. And I just, I needed space. I needed time for mm -hmm. me, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's like that, this big wave came up out of nowhere. No one. My air mattress went like, oh, like my, my air mattress went like way up in the air. I went, I got pulled under, like, it's like that wow. rip pipe. I got pulled under and, oh, wow. and then I was getting mad. I'm like, you know what? I don't, if, if, if you're going to take me, just do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I was upset. I was like, just do it. Right. And then I, this, this hand, like this biggest hand in the whole entire world. I heard this calming voice. I, I don't know. I don't remember what he said. And he just pulls me up under the water, over wow. above the water. And right beside me was my air mattress. Wow. Yeah, right there. Like, it, it's, I, because I went like that, and right there was my air mattress. Wow. So, and then it, it gave me that, oh, okay, I guess I'm supposed to be here for a while longer. And it really shook me up to where I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to be more of service to others as well. Mm -hmm you know, and so on. Cause way back then I was contemplating, you know, what direction do I go and all of that. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, I was really drawn to your story and, and it changed your life, right? It, yeah, it, it gave me that wake up call for sure. Yeah. You know, and that was actually at that moment, ever since after that, I traveled alone everywhere mm -hmm. I go to these different places. People are like, how do you travel alone? Because I like doing it. Enjoy, and I always, enjoy it. I love meeting people and interacting with them and sharing yep. time with them and such like that. And, and it's during those there moments. There's nothing I, wrong traveling by yourself. Oh, I have a lot of friends. They do the same. They yeah. go to Bali. They go to London. Yeah. They go by themselves. Yeah. I just, I just packing, go, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I don't put my life on hold waiting to find the right person to travel mm -hmm. with. I just go. Right. Yep. So now if somebody came to you and they're like, you know, like Carlos, I'm, I'm going through a lot, like I'm depressed because I know you work with suicide prevention as well. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's like, I'm really depressed, Carlos, like what would you say to them? Come with me and let's start doing service. Wow. Because when you're, when you're depressed, you feel empty. Yes. And, and I even have friends that are rich. They have all the money in the world and they yeah. try to commit suicide. Yes. And I asked yes. them, like, why you want to commit suicide? I mean, they call me and I said, why you call me? Why you call your mom or your dad? You're going to put <laughs> all this weight on me? Like, you kidding me? Like, okay, let's talk. Like, why do you want to do with this with me? Oh, he's like, brother, you have all the money in the world. You have Ferraris. You live in a mansion. You have all the money. Like, all yeah. the women are behind you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you want to leave this world? Like anybody wants to be like you. Everybody loves you, you know? Like, yeah. what are you doing? I said, <laughs> I feel empty. Yeah. I feel yeah. completely empty. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember when Robert Williams yes. left a note that he said, the worst thing that could happen in my life yeah. is be surrounding with people, but be empty. And we, yes. uh, I feel completely alone. Even when it's a hundred people around yeah. me, I feel like nothing. You know, yeah. and yeah. service open like a door and fills you with love. When mm -hmm. you serve others, you serve yourself too. Yeah, that's where I get like my high. Yeah, yes. that's where I get my high because I, mm -hmm. I work with people myself, you, you know, mm -hmm. and 
when somebody says, wow, thank you so much for that clarity. You really grounded me in all of those things. That's where I get my high from. Personally. Yeah, I mean, definitely service is number one for you feel how, what are you doing in this life? How other people is going to enjoy your company when you're giving your love to others, you know? And you're going to fill your heart filling with love. And that emptiness is going to go away like this when you start doing service. Yeah. So I recommend anybody that feel depressed, that feel abandoned, that feel solo, go to your local community and start doing food banks and start, even if, you know, another service is going to your neighbor next door and trying to, to clean their patio with the leaf right now they're wearing fall here in the United States, but I don't know where you're watching me from. I got I don't know, snow outside. The, yeah, I'm looking outside, oh. <laughs> looking at the snow actually coming in. Okay, well, grab something and try to take the snow <laughs> out of your, your neighbor. He's going to uh, be grateful, you know? And if yeah. you have somebody in your community that is old, like 80 or 90 years old, yeah, go there and yeah. offer like, a, a plate of food, you know, or a yeah. company. Let's get yeah. and get a coffee and just realize yeah. that there is a lot of people alone in this world. Yeah, there there really is. There yeah. there really is. I talk to people and they're like, because I, I work with suicides myself as well. And okay. and you know that people are like, I'm just so alone and lonely, nobody understands mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I do the work I do. Because mm -hmm. I've been there myself. I know exactly yeah. what that's like. You know, mm -hmm. and it's like when you've been through, you know, hardships and all of those, you know how to work with people and how to truly connect with that person. Cause you want, cause the more people it like for me anyways, the more people I help, the more peace on earth comes. It's like that yes. world service. Yes. Yeah. That, that's that's so the best important. recipe. The best recipe you can give to somebody. Yeah. That feel alone. That feel depressed. That want to commit suicide. Yeah. You're here for a reason. Yeah. You came with a purpose. You need to help others. And you're gonna get in the the payment to do that. The, the God payment is gonna be filled you with love, yeah. filled you with something that all the gold and all the money in the world is not gonna do with you. And you yeah. ever see these actors in Hollywood that they get super famous, all the millions, all the thing, and then they feel empty and they say, "Let yeah. me go to India. I need to do a trip. Let me yes. do a spiritual retreat in India. Let me let me see all the <laughs> poor people." Angelina yeah. Jolie. He went to India. How many people, I mean, how many kids that she uh, yeah. adopted there? Madonna, he went and, and adopted kids too, you know, because she felt that. She felt called to these countries to see, you know, yeah. that service. Yeah. yeah. So you, you also helped the U.S. Marine Corps through their Toys for mm -hmm. Tots program. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine uh, brought me there the first time. And it was amazing. When I get to the waterhouse, it was huge. It was a huge waterhouse. And the toys were mountains of toys. And what they do is, uh, it's, it's like headquarters for Santa Claus. <laughs> That's what it looks like. And um, uh, they give us like a shopping cart, like big, huge shopping carts. And the shopping cart said the age of the kids that you need to fill it up with, with toys. And every mountains that you see you have these mountains is for kids boys between zero to three years old then the next mountain is all these toys are from two 
two, three. So whatever your car said that you need to fill it up, you start filling up this car, you have a list. And then, I mean, it's amazing. And you feel the love yourself, you know? You It's, it's like you're working for Santa Claus. Yeah, I, once upon a time, years ago, I, have, I had a friend that she had six kids uh -huh. And she was going through a hard time. And, and way back then, actually, I was doing really well. And she okay. was worried about, like, it was Christmas time. And she didn't mm -hmm. have enough money. So anyways, mm -hmm. I went out and I bought a Christmas tree. I bought all of her kids' gifts and presents, wrapped them up. And I got up extra early one morning for work. And I brought it over because I lived right next door to them. All of a sudden, the place next door to her was for rent coincidence i think not so i dropped it off at her doorstep and i banged banged bang on the door and i took off i, I just took off you know and and she calls me later she goes jenny you and i'm like what are you talking about what are you talking about what are you talking about you know wow yeah. i do the same i i love yeah. to to go to people that they don't have enough resources yes. and i'm bringing a christmas tree and bring some yeah some gift and make some yes. chocolate, you know, and, and make them feel their soul come back yeah. into their life, you know? Yeah. And Christmas is 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 just a, a date on the calendar, but it's, it's, it's like a call for yeah. you to go back to your family, to your neighbors, to your friends, you know? It's an yeah. excuse for you to go there and give the love that people need right now, you know? Do you still feel that dolphin around you? I mean, Definitely. I love dolphins, right? I wore my dolphin <laughs> necklace, of course. I, I'm an animal communicator, and I, I, I connect with animals, right? But do you still feel that dolphin around you at all, or? Always, I always feel the dolphin around me, and yeah. Every time that I go, like, it started happening. I think two years ago, if I go to a a house visiting an older person, like 80 or 90 years old, and I tell my story, when I get out of that their homes i feel wave like the ocean <laughs> like waves that go yeah. over me and i have my goosebumps all over me mm -hmm. and i feel like yeah like the the dolphin is on those waves giving me that energy for give this story to these old people you know and yeah, yeah it's, it's beautiful you know dolphins even, are beautiful mammals yeah. yeah i mean even i had you know that near death under the water it for the rest of the night like after that experience i i went back to my hotel and i just laid there like for hours and i literally felt like my bed was like like this like the waves for hours and hours and hours wow yeah so you really felt it <laughs> oh i felt it all right because <laughs> even after i got up i'm like okay i get it i guess i'm here for for a longer time for to help other people i get for it okay reason. all right yeah, absolutely. So now, if you could change one thing, uh -huh. there's many, uh -huh. of course, but if there's okay. one thing in this world that you could change, what would it be and why? One thing that I can change in this world? Yeah, one thing. It will be equality for everyone. Like, no social classes. Everybody yeah. will be the same. Everybody will have the same and we all will enjoy at the same level so they're not going to be rich or poor everybody's going to be in the middle and i guess it's going to be like that in heaven you know when you go there everybody's <laughs> on the same line so nobody's got to worry about anything 
you know, and yeah. that will be made people happy, you know, yeah. and you don't have to pretend anything. You don't have to hide from nobody. You just be you from your heart, you know, that will be the only thing that I will change. Thank you. Wow. So one last customer, because we're cut, getting to the end here. Okay. And of course, you know, I'm going to be talking to you again anyways. Sure. <laughs> we already know that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, like, do you have a mentor, like, who somebody who inspires you? And they could be, like, passed on, or they could be somebody that is, like, your dolphin, or they could be, like, you know, alive. But my, my mentors is I was a child. I studied in Catholic school. And when I was a kid, I, I had a lot of bullying. People was bullying me when I was a kid because I was very skinny and well then i grew up i get a little bit chubby and then people was <laughs> bullying me and bullying me and bullying me and i remember when i was a kid i used to have a stamp of jesus so mm-hmm. i used to have it in my back pocket and i used to go outside of the school and i used to speak with the with the stand of jesus like jesus why are these people treating me like this i'm just a cool kid that just want to help everybody and i want to be cool with everybody i don't understand what is so much darkness in people you know I, I didn't understand if you want to be good what people came to your life to harm you if you don't do anything why so that was my first one after that uh well the image of my dad my dad is like mother Teresa of Calcutta male version <laughs> and <laughs> other people that I've been following like look uh years ago it was uh, June 29 2015 a friend invited me to see um um uh, a spiritual leader from india her name is ama oh yes i didn't, know, ama. Who, I didn't know who she was right but she was coming on my birthday and my friend come on carlos ama is coming on your birthday so I'm like, okay i don't know who's her but yeah okay let's go <laughs> here so when i go here in atlanta it was in the convention center in front of the airport so we go and when we get there there's ten thousand people in this convention center and then they give you a ticket so you can be with her and she give you a hug. It's called Ama the Hugger. So she go all over the world hugging people. She's like the new Mother Teresa. And she helped organizations all over the world and in earthquakes, tsunamis. She donate money because people send money to her and she helped a lot of people, you know. So my friend said, okay, Carlos, what time your ticket said that you're going to see her? It's like 1.30 a.m. in the morning. Between 1.30 and 2 a.m. in the morning. It's like, oh, my God, we have to be all day here to see her? So okay. <laughs> So we stayed there all day. They have music. They have uh, meditation. It was beautiful. So mm-hmm. around 1.30 a.m. in the morning, it's my turn. They call my name. I go to a stage. They have huge screens uh, projecting her. You know, everybody's watching you. So I go to the, to the stage, and then they call me. Hey, Carlos, you're going to in front of her. And then her assistant, hey, do you have any special to tell her? I said, well, it's my birthday. I said, okay, we tell her that. Uh, do you want to speak in any language? She speaks like three or five languages. I'm like, no, English is fine. And then uh, I go to her and she hugged me and she said, God is loving you. And then she put some oil right here. She gave me a chocolate. She gave me an apple. And then she said, because it's your birthday, I'm going to give you this uh, bunch of flowers. It was like uh, orange uh, roses. Beautiful. So I, and everybody was looking like, what, what does this guy get that? You know, but nobody knew it was my birthday. <laughs> so everybody was watching through the screen that she gave me all these, these flowers. Then I come down the stage 
And my friend said, but do you feel something like people pass out in front of her? And I'm like, no, it was a nice lady. She smelled like roses. I get to use a perfume or roses or something. And then really? I said, yeah, yeah, it was, it was nice. So we're walking out of the convention center. Guess what? As soon as the glass door opens of the convention center, the whole parking lot on the floor turns yellow. Okay. And my friends look at each other like, what's going on? I, like, I don't know. Then we look up and we see from the sky fire, a lot of fire coming down. Wow. I didn't know what to think, you know? And I look in front of me and I see the airport. So two and two is four, you know? <laughs> like two plus two is four. I said, okay, airport, airplanes, fire, our airplane explodes and all the fire is coming down. So it's like, okay, let's run to my car. Let's run to my car. So we run to the car. And everybody in this parking lot is running like chickens because all the fires are coming from the skies. And then the fire and disappear. It's like, what was that? I don't know. Well, we get in my car. And like I say, it was almost 2 a.m. in the morning. And you can Google it because it was all over the news the next day. And I go in my car, turn off the air condition because it was hot outside. And I start driving. And I have a friend from Poland next to me, an American guy behind me. And I said to my friend, okay, guys, let's let's get out of here in the parking lot. So I'm driving, and then a the music starts playing, a really loud music. I said, like, where does that music come from? I said, I don't know. The radio is off. I said, maybe your phone, guys. Come on, check your phone. So the girl next to me, she's like, no, it's not my phone. And then the guy behind me, no, it's not my phone. I said, okay, let me pull over. Let me grab my phone. So I, when I pull over and grab my phone, I used to have an iPhone, and I have a, like the, the codes to unlock the screen. But behind the code was a message. And the message was, the love of God is universal and will never end. Yeah, wow. And as soon as that happened, I was like, oh my God, this was like a message from God. Yeah. From this fire that was on the sky. Yeah. Guess what? We didn't know what was that. Next morning, all over the news. Like fire came from the sky. It was meteors. Nine balls of fire came through the sky. And it went over South Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, and Georgia. And people from everywhere saw it. You can Google it. What happened in Atlanta, Georgia on June 29, 2015 at 1.30 or 2 a.m. in the morning. And you will see NASA released like it was a space junk yeah. that entered in the atmosphere. But this ball of fire was crossing with colors behind, like uh, rainbow colors in the back. But... What I'm saying is like that happened exactly when we were getting out and then I go to my car and I received that message, you know, and mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's, that's special. That's a message. That's how God grabbed our attention then to give this beautiful message that he's everywhere and his love will never end. So if somebody wanted to contact you, what, sure. what's the best way? I mean, we're going to put the links <laughs> under anyways for everybody but okay what if you is... want to contact me yes yeah <laughs> i have a web page it's called okay. www.helpfromheaven.org www.helpfromheaven.org or you can follow me on instagram is carlos vivas my name or help from heaven one on instagram or you can go to my i have two groups on facebook i have one is called uh, beyond near-death experiences. Uh, I think they have 26,000 people right now. 
and I have the the uh, the other is called Dolphins. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you can find me there on on my webpage, you know. Wow. And you can watch my interviews on YouTube. Just type my name, Carlos Vivas NDE, and all my interviews they're going to be there. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. You know, as well, as really you to you. Oh, <laughs> I was really, really looking forward to chatting with you. And I have like a ton more questions to ask you as well. So I'm sure we're going to be doing another interview and very well, we very well could be going live. Yeah, I'm open to, to get more questions, you know, because I need to tell people it wasn't yeah. easy for me to open up and tell the yeah. story. I yeah. mean, for five years, yeah. I run, I hide, I cry and I say to go, I don't want to do this. But it was impossible. It was impossible. He was following me everywhere. And the way that he manifests was with miracles. So I started yeah. having miracles everywhere. And I started getting overwhelmed. I was like, nobody's going to believe this. Like, how in the world you want me to do this? Like, I don't want to go through this, you know? And after five years of miracles and miracles and miracles, I said, okay, I'll do it. You know, it's okay. And now I'm writing two more books. One is called Divine Miracles. So mm -hmm. I can tell what happened to me through those five years. And the other book is something an experience that I have in Vegas. It's called, and it's a real story. I found Jesus in Vegas. And it's real. Oh, in interesting. Vegas. Oh, well, we'll have to do another one on that. Well, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, you will, you will, it will blow your mind. Yes, yeah. totally. I don't know totally. if I found him or he found me. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I, I talked to him in Vegas. <laughs> yes, absolutely. In the city. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. All yeah. right. Well, thank you again, Carlos. I will be in touch with you shortly, very okay. shortly. And I want to thank everyone for watching um, another episode of Soul to Soul Connections with Jenny G. Make sure you subscribe to my channel in order to get new content and videos. And you can catch me on a lot of other different platforms. I'm not going to go on about them, as I said. If you'd like to book a reading with me, soulworkwithjenny.com. You can find me on social media. And again, thank you. Thank you, Carlos. I really appreciate your time today.